Welcome to the PRISM Education Center podcast. PRISM Education Center is a K-12 school committed to building principled leaders through sound values, solid culture, and strong community. PRISM Education Center is a Northgate school, and this is our podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the April 6th, Monday night edition of the PRISM podcast. We've missed seeing everybody who, whose faces we usually see, uh, and, and I'm sure we miss seeing some of the people whose faces we don't usually see um, in person. So it's been, it's been about four weeks uh, since we've actually, we're going into our third week of virtual schooling right now. We're going into our fourth week of being in a social distance situation. And um, this afternoon, we kind of anticipated this this call coming. But this afternoon, the governor of Arkansas uh, in, a, in a press conference called for all the schools to stay closed until the end of the school year. And so that means we are uh, not coming back until until closer to, uh, well, until the fall, unless, um, unless we're able to do the summer program. So that was, uh, you know, not, not super surprising. Um, but definitely, definitely now something that we could say is permanent is for sure going to happen. And, and he brought a level of certainty to it with that, with that announcement. Um, so today we're going to talk about, uh, just moving forward how do we move forward from here? And we've got some some pro tips today. Let me just introduce real fast who all is here. And when I introduce you, if you'll just say, hey, uh, we've got Lindsay Nichols, podcast regular. Hey. <laughs> Lindsay is the director of educational excellence at PRISM. We have uh, our our language arts teachers for the upper elementary group and our, our uh, core teacher for the elementary group, Miss Brittany Rose. Brittany, say hey. Hello, everyone. And we have Miss Shakia Burgess, who is a preschool teacher at PRISM, but is also a mother who's been kind of thrown into um, working some days at, uh, and also other days being a, a homeschool mom. And so, Shakia, why don't you say hey? Hi, guys. All right. And I don't know if you can tell a difference from from the podcast perspective, but uh, these guys are all at their different locations and we are we are talking via phone. So we've got the phone up to the podcast mic so that we can do our part to social distance as well. Today, these ladies and I want to talk about just how to move forward. Um, a whole lot of success. I mean, we're here. We're going to be here for a while. We are virtual schooling. That is what is happening. Um, and a whole lot of that success is going to be dependent um, on on how we move forward. A lot of the boundaries are kind of going away. The boundaries of the time you wake up, the boundaries of where you go to school, the physical structure of a building is being removed. And so as those physical boundaries go away, how do we create new boundaries and new systems inside of our life that ensure success? And so that's what I that's what I called these ladies in, to do, in for. And, and, a, and a couple of them have already been you know, kind of people have mentioned, uh, te- teachers have called, um, or I'm sorry, parents have called some of the teachers. I know that um, definitely some of, uh, some of Shakia has posted some pictures on social media and I've seen other parents reach out and say, hey, tell me how you're doing that right there. That is really something that I'd like to do. So I wanted to invite them to come and join us. Let's just talk about first, um, and I want to just do a sound check real fast. Uh, Lindsay, can you hear me? 
I can hear you. Perfect. All right. Someone, someone actually called on my phone. I just want to make sure that we could still hear each other. So let's just talk about um, one of the things that we talked about earlier was just how we structured the day. And so Brittany, um, Lindsay, why don't y'all talk a little bit into just generally about some of some tips you would give to parents about just how to structure the day inside of this. Yeah, I can start. I think I think the things that I've seen from supporting various students inside of the school through this transition is that one of the most important pieces is making sure that your kids understand what their schedule is for each day and just a general sense of what needs to be done for the day. That can include their classwork, even things that parents want them to do throughout the day. Um, But whether that's in the morning or even um, some families I've heard of having success by doing that at the end of the day, doing like an end of day check in and getting set for the next day. That way their students can wake up at whatever time their students are waking up and know, okay, yesterday I met with mom or dad or even big brother, big sister. And we talked about what today was going to look like and what I need to do. I think this is especially helpful for some of our middle school students. Um, who are rapidly needing to move into a place of greater independence and are all at really different levels of being able to do that. And so I think that, that to me is one of the most crucial pieces is whether it's in the morning or the afternoon, reviewing with your kids what needs to be done, what their schedule is, uh, and just helping them get a sense of, yeah, just a sense of understanding because that's, that's really what the teachers are providing through the day uh, when they're there in person. It's just, a constant checkpoint of where they're going next. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really good, a good, a good thought there. I know that some of our preschool families are home with their kids right now. And I thought it might be good to just sort of take this age by age. Um, and Shakia, jump in here if you, if, if you've got any thoughts on this, but we were talking earlier just in preparation for this. And I remember I used to, I used to work from home with preschool girls at home, uh, when my, my daughters were at, at home, uh, when they were under five, uh, we ran a business and I was, I, I ran the business portion of it when they were home. And I always found you know, like a, my life would go a lot better if I woke up before them. I had one that slept in and one that woke up early. And I just found that waking up and getting a shower in before they woke up was like crucial to my success. I don't know if that's a point for everyone, but I do know for me, that was like massive to, to get that little thing in there um, before they woke up. And then they were always more independent first thing in the morning. So we would eat breakfast and then I would let them play by themselves in their room and I would work in the, in a room next door, you know, where I could keep pretty good supervision of them. But that was sort of, there there were like two times a day that I got a lot done and one was first thing in the morning. And then around 10, I had to stop and just let them uh, stop with me. And we would go for a walk together. We would go for, um, we would always kind of do something to break up the day. We'd usually eat a little snack and then we'd go for a walk. Um, Maybe go, we had a park nearby. uh, And I know parks aren't really an option right now, but we'd, we'd pull out the old double stroller and and we would make the most of just getting out. And then we'd come back in, usually eat lunch after that. And then the second time of day that I would have a big chunk of productivity was right after lunch. And I had one daughter that napped and that still naps as a, as a teenager <laughs> um, pretty faithfully. And then one that never napped, that, never, that stopped taking naps when she was 18 months old. But we had quiet time. And so the one would nap and the other one, I would just say, and I mean, she stopped taking naps pretty early. So pretty early on, we learned 
we stay on the bed. <laughs> During this time of the day, you can play with dolls, you can read books, but this is the time of day that you have to stay in your room and you have to stay on your bed. And it was just the quiet time. And that would be like the second chunk in the day where I would get things done. And then the late afternoon, when they would wake up from their nap, we would have a snack. And we always kind of called that the witching hour. That was the least likely time to be productive. Uh, That was a time of day where we just could never really predict moods. And that would be where sometimes we would just call it a wash and say, we're not going to get much done during this time of the day. And some days we would say, yeah, we're going to get stuff done. I I might cook or whatever. I I would let them watch little shows. Uh, Back in their day, it was Dora the Explorer. I don't even know if Dora's around anymore, but that was a, she was a big hit for my girls. Um, and so that's kind of how we would structure our day. What about, um, and, and it was like, we did it the same every day. So I never made visual schedules for them, but, but they kind of knew this is what to expect in life today because we did the same thing every day. And I found that routine sort of put some boundaries on, on the way work looked. And then in the evening, it was, you know, it was all family. It was, that was, that was what we did. What would you suggest, Brittany, um, Lindsay, uh, for, uh, let's go Brittany. Brittany, what would you suggest for the elementary age group kids? What are some of the ways that you, you suggest parents would structure their day so they would kind of know what to expect? Yeah, I think that for sure the visual schedule is really important for elementary students, making sure in the morning they're very aware of what the day is going to look like, whether the kid goes through it themselves or the parent walks through it with the child, depending on the age of your student. But it's important for them to know, okay, this is where I'm going to be going next, as well as in those times like the downtimes and the unstructured times where you're having independent work even inside of that having them choose, okay, what independent work do I want to get done today? For some kids, writing out a list of the things that they want to get done first, next, last, and being able to check it off is really helpful. Um, Also, just in the independent time, if they finish their work early, having options that we've talked through about what are we going to do in this time and we're not sure what to do and having a list of like three, four, five things in that day they'd like to do, like make a card for a friend or have a, you know, have a, a game time with a, a, a sibling or a parent or something if a parent is available, which probably at the time in the independent work, they won't be. And that's totally fine. But um, just having a, something in their mind that they that they want to you know do in that day. And that way they already know where to go when they're not sure. OK, what do I do next? They know. And that question's answered and it's not hard or confusing. Yeah. So it does. And Shakia, I think that that was one of the things that people, especially at the elementary age, a lot of, I I saw one of your social, just a post you made on social media, people were like, tell me how you're doing that. You kind of had a space set up for your kids that sort of, um, because you've got young, a really young, like a first grader that your your daughter is. Uh, So tell us a little bit about how did you set up the space for her so that she could take advantage of... you know, the prism teachers are trying to keep them occupied in the morning and then afternoon be their independent time where they're not with a teacher and they're able to get their work done alone. How did you capitalize on that in terms of how you set up the space so that your little girl could could be independent during that, that morning block? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that the two major things that were super important to keep in mind were that she needed her own space that she could kind of claim as her own, but also to make sure that it was consistent. So in a part of the house or 
workspace, wherever that she could go to every day. Um, and when I say space that's her own, even if you're sharing, a, say, a table with uh, multiple kids in a family, as long as that child knows this part of the table is my part and I can take care of it, golden. And they go there every day. Um, so that and, was the biggest thing for me. Was and part to make of sure that, that I had is just to make sure they kind of are responsible for that space, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They can take responsibility for it. They clean it up after when they're done. They, and I had my little girl help me set it up. So she picked an art piece to decorate it with. Um, that is actually one that Miss Brittany, who's on here, painted for her. Or uh, not for her, but uh, gave to her. And so, and then to have like a chair that she's sitting in, that she can be prison professional, um, and ready for the day. She has the list that Brittany was talking about are, that are up, a schedule for the day, um, kind of her academic goals for the day, her chores list, all those tasks that she needs to get done are in front of her so she can see them and kind of check them off as she goes. She's a checker. Um, kids like to check things off. Um, and then they yep. have a basket of her supplies, everything that she would need. My thought going into it was, how can I get her ready? How can I set her up for success? Um, she had her books there, her the markers, the crayons, the pencils that she would need, erasers, paper, um, everything that she would need. And you, as a parent, you know your kid. Um, you know if they're easily distractible. So I asked also threw in headphones um, to kind of, so she can kind yeah. of block out the noise in the room around her and focus on the teacher or on work, whatever it was that was needed. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So they can just see what they're supposed to do that day. They can, they, and, and I think that checklist you're talking about, like her academic deliverables of the day are the things that, the, that's what the teachers are sending home um, in those yes. packets or online. And then the, um, the written schedules up there, and then you're giving her some, some choices about what to do. But I do think it's important. You know, I, I one of my friends was talking about um, on, uh, again, on social media, it, we kind of laughed because she said, you know, I'm okay with, with homeschooling my kids. It's hard though. I'm a planner and I've had no time to plan. And every morning I wake up and I'm like, where are the pencils? I can never find the pencils. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I think that that's like a real common thing. I've seen Kalia's space in that picture that you posted. It's not huge. Like it's, it's not mm -hmm. like you have this magnificent, you know, great room where, where she goes and studies. It's a pretty small space. Right. So we're not talking about anything huge. For our family, we did the kitchen table week one, and then we quickly realized not going to work because I couldn't handle <laughs> the books, just always being out on the kitchen table. Our kitchen table's in our, I mean, everything's in one room. And so we've got, um, it just was constantly cluttered. So we had this little space at the top of our stairs that we turned into like our homeschooling storage space. And we put all of our stuff mm -hmm. up there. And then um, I've just found that different people go, because you'll hear teachers online with students all at the, all, you know, at the same time, because we have more than one kiddo. So we originally thought we'll all just sit together in this room and do it. And it quickly turned into well, I'll come here and you go into my room and you go into your room because we've got kids that share rooms and stuff. And so we sort of split. And then at the end of the day, we all have to clean up our space and bring it back in. So the space mm -hmm. kind of provides a boundary. It kind of provides a limit on where all of our stuff can go. The structure, just having expectations. I think um, what Lindsay said for the middle school kids, they have this open block in the morning. And I have a couple middle schoolers and a high schooler. And what we found is that we are using, I am 
putting a boundary in. And I mean, they're sleeping in a little bit. We used to wake up at 6.30 to get to school on time and they're not waking up at 6.30. But by nine o'clock, I want even my little high schoolers up and around. I just find that if they sleep as long as they want to, which would be like noon, then it just, everything just sort of, the day is gone. Uh, you know, it, it's just not a good way to keep life on track. And so, um, so we're waking them up. We do let them sleep in a little bit. Around nine, they wake up. Um, some days they wake up themselves earlier because they know they have assignments due and it's going to take them longer than that. And they don't get to do the social time unless they have all their homework done. And so, and we have one of those lists on the, we make a weekly list of all the re- regular, like recurring chores that we do. And that's up in a, on our refrigerator. So I don't have to assign it out. They know what I expect. If I say clean the bathroom, they know what that means. They know if I say do the dishes, they know what that means. And all that stuff has to be done before social hour by 11 o'clock. So they, some of them are waking up earlier some days, I've noticed, just to get their work done because they know they can't have it done by the by social hour if they also have chores. And so we're just giving them, these are your expectations. This is your time frame to do it. Because we found that that block where they're going, like they have a 30 minute class in the afternoon and then they have a three block, a free block of time. That actually has not been, and I think Lindsay also kind of spoke to this, that time has not been good time to do homework for us. I don't know if everybody else has had that experience. Um, Lindsay, I know you've been working with some middle schoolers. What are you finding about that afternoon block? Yeah, I think the afternoon block, what I'm finding is the best thing to do is go to class, take a break. When class is over, go back to class. Uh, Just for attention purposes, I think for the middle schoolers, it's tough concentrating online. It's like a new challenge for them. And I find that after the class ends, it's good to just, hey, let's take a break. Let's go and do something active and get moving. I mean, I think one thing to remember is that our kids are used to having an hour or more of physical activity a day at school. Right. And so I think for some of our kiddos, especially if, especially the weather's been a little unpredictable lately. Um, I think for some of our kiddos, they could really be missing that activity. And so I think it's really important that whether they're getting outside or we're helping our kids find workout routines and things that are good for them. um, I think it's really important for that middle, especially the middle school group, um, that they're getting out there and getting active um, because they're spending so much time sitting down on the computer right now. And that's not what their life is usually like. Yeah. I don't know about the other adults, but I myself have kind of found, I'll, I'll just tell you all what I told Lindsay and Clay the other day. I woke up, And I had to get on Zoom right away for a meeting. And when I pulled up Zoom, I literally just sang to my computer and said, hello, darkness, my old friend. (laughs) Because it's like, I don't want another Zoom meeting. I don't want to be on my computer again. I mean, my head some days hurts because of how many meetings are on there. And I know our kids are spending like an hour and a half on there. But, uh, you know, it's super. I think I agree with Lindsay. I found that that those afternoon blocks, my kids wake up. And my high schoolers and middle schoolers are kind of like my preschoolers were. Their most productive time is first thing in the morning. And so they wake up, they do their chores, they get their schoolwork done. But in the afternoon, we're starting to lose a little bit of focus. And so they can handle it for 30 minutes. It is requiring a lot more focus to stay online and stay connected to people virtually than it might in a classroom. And so rather than them immediately just trying to do the homework and getting on Google Classroom, 
my boys jump outside and they've, they, we have a, you know, a basketball goal up in, in our outdoor area, but they, that's where, and even I found it's been real helpful for me to just get outside. Um, so I'm getting outside a lot more than I would if I were in an office because it's helpful to me and I'm trying to do those things with them. It's, it's been huge to have clay really take on, um, you know, in our family, we drive to school, the kids and I drive to school together every morning and we drive back and Clay has, we talk through the school issues in that drive home, like what's your homework, what you got to do tonight, what do you have to do tomorrow? All that kind of management has happened in car rides to school that aren't happening anymore. So Clay's really stepped up um, and taken on a lot more active role. And he's kind of been the accountability, uh, the enforcer of the family. He'll ask the kids, we want our kids to be reading some. And so he'll say, hey, what did you read today? What all are you um, did y'all get outside today? Cause he, you know, we, it's real important to us that they stay outside. It's been really in that sense, this has been a good, uh, it's just been real helpful because it's been helpful to have someone else holding that. So I, I find that kids really do pay attention in different ways to dads and moms and every family's different in our family. I'm kind of the organizer and kind of get things set up, but it's been a real relief to me, even though I am the organizer and kind of the person that usually handles all that stuff. Um, this scenario has helped. Uh, Clay has just been more involved because it would, it's just would be too much for one of us to do. And we don't have those rides home anymore. And it's been real helpful to me to, you know, have someone I'm tag teaming with it. But, but then in the afternoons after three o'clock, we're done and we encourage our kids go fishing. I am not a big fisherman, but I have gone fishing a lot. Um, and I don't really fish. I just go sit at the river. That's, that's a, about five miles from our house. We, we go out there and we'll just sit. There's kind of a space. And, um, because I find that I need that. I need a little bit, uh, to clear my head a little bit and it makes it easier when, when they are doing stuff in the evening and my time is a little bit, can be devoted to projects to have had that break myself. And so, um, yeah, so I think, I think one of the big things that we're seeing that would be real helpful for families is have a system and it can be the checklist that we sent home with kids in their packets. It can be a piece of paper where they're just writing at the end of every class. Here's what I have to do for science. Here's what I have to do for Spanish. Here's what I have to do, but they have to have some system where they're writing down the assignments so that that becomes their checklist the next day. If you don't have that, it's really tough for middle schoolers and high schoolers um, and young kids to stay on top of things. And the elementary teachers have these real detailed things that don't really translate well to the middle school, high school level. So the kids really need to be building that skill themselves by writing those things down. So what we've kind of talked about is um, we've sort of talked about how preschool, middle school, elementary, and high schoolers can structure their day, how parents can structure those things. Um, This is, it can be a little bit complex, but we're committed to working with our families to help get what we need to get out of this season inside of our homes. Um, But we do, we want to encourage you, whether you have uh, young kids or older kids, let this be a time where we really build strongly with our families and um, help our students develop those those the discipline and the the internal self-governance um that's one of the good things that can come out of this and so we'll talk a little bit more about that next week but that's a little teaser for you hopefully you've learned some you've got some strategies from this um to help you this week build build better systems i think our time for building systems is about to wrap up and i just mean you're no matter what you're building you've been building something this whole time and 
so we're we are wanting to kind of put this podcast out as uh, your kids are starting to get habitualized to the routine that you're setting for them right now. And if the routine you've been setting isn't really working, uh, and I don't mean perfect, but is if it's if it's not really if you're not putting in some structure, there's no better week to do it now because we are going to be in this for a while. And, uh, and so I really want to encourage every parent, every grandparent who's working with their kids, um, really get those structures set in place. Until next time, we, uh, we'll, we'll see you on Facebook Live in the morning at 8 a.m. every day for our morning meetings. And it's, uh, we look forward to connecting with y'all in different ways in this season. So thank you, Lindsay. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you, Shakia. Mm-hmm. Y'all have a, to all of, all of you all and to all of our parents, have a great week and we'll, we'll see you next week. This podcast is a production of Prism Education Center. You can subscribe to this podcast through any platform you access quality podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Find out more about Prism Education Center by visiting our website at www.prismeducationcenter.org.